0: Hello my loves, I'm Carly Deering, and welcome to Tea with Kings and Queens, the podcast where I chat to the most exciting performers from the world of drag, burlesque and cabaret. In this, the 20th episode of the podcast, I'm chatting to the charming and stylish 1940s crooner and host, Drag King Bo Jangles. Bo is a London-based performer and a member of the Family Jewels Drag King Collective, and has been making serious waves with their sharp hosting and golden voice for the last three years. I was lucky enough to catch up with Bo via Zoom before he started performing again live after lockdown started lifting. And in today's chat, we talk about old Hollywood, digital drag, the London scene, and how drag can be used to educate and inform. Enjoy. Tonight I'm pleased as punch to be chatting with the sharp-suited, vocally blessed, 1940s lady killer, Bojangles. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks so much for chatting to me. I really appreciate it. Um, we were talking before, you said you've already done quite a few podcasts this lockdown. I have. It's been fun. It's been really fun to be able to talk to people about what
1: I enjoy doing. Um, as you can hear, I'm not sort of in full bow swing because it's quite hard to sustain for a lengthy period of time when I'm not on a stage. But um, yeah, so I'm bringing a little bit of the person behind bow. Nice.
0: Um, well, I've started the most recent episodes, well actually all the episodes since I started this during lockdown, just with a bit of a check-in, see how you're doing, how you've coped with the last year. <laughs> <laughs> what a question! Oh boy. Oh, how are dear. you today? How are you today?
1: Today I'm all right, you know, today I'm all right. Um, I was working from home with my day job And, um, you know, I got the bits done I needed to and it's nice because you finish at five o'clock and you're already home. It's a dream of a commute, really. Um, So, yeah, it's been I've been tired, to be honest. I've been real, real, real tired. I think everybody has. So, yeah, that's I wish I could say something more positive than that. But that's
0: yeah, to be real with you. (laughs) That's how it is. That is a OK. I'm the same. We're in this sort of funny stage in the UK now where we're sort of starting to come out of lockdown, um, mm. even though you know, we're still in dodgy time. So are you feeling the re-entry anxiety? No, not particularly. Um, I've kind of got the opposite problem where I want
1: to do so much that I'm tiring myself out because I think I really actually surprised myself with how much I enjoyed the hermit time just you know, in my room, I really surprised myself with how much that actually helped me to recharge. Um, And now that everything's opening up, I just wanna see everyone and do everything. And then I'm just like, oh, where do I sleep? I forgot that I also need to sleep.
0: (laughs) Well, let's start by talking about the hermit time then because you've been extremely busy even through that time um, as a lot of drag performers have that that I've chatted to. What was it like for you, the process of going digital and being audienceless for so long?
1: Um, I resisted it for a little bit because I was like, how can a guy from the 40s really translate to that era? Mm. Um, and then I kind of found a way to put my own spin on it and, and make it my own. Um, and its I think a lot of people don't realise how much work it takes, like coming up with the concept and suddenly you have to learn how to like film stuff and edit stuff and record sound nicely like hence this lovely shiny new chrome microphone I got myself Um, and yeah it's it's also quite exhausting and, and the market for digital drag kind of quickly became oversaturated and then you know by the end of the sort of digital drag, digital drag craze you'd be spending like a day on something and they'd be like oh we can give you a tenner from the tips and it's just like wow.
0: hey. <laughs> yeah but you still did a lot i i really like the coronavirus tips oh those you are just you for me yeah that was at the beginning and but that was a really nice way to you know you said you struggled to see how bow would translate. Into this mod world. Well, that's exactly how he did because he was talking about, well, I survived the Blitz, so here's my take on it, which is really nice.
1: Yeah. Um, was that
0: one of the first things you did? Were you kind of experimenting?
1: Yeah, it was. And I think because it was just something I did for myself rather than for anything or like for a show or commissioned by anyone, I just got to completely make it my own and just rope my poor housemates into it and (laughs) got them to film and just like we were just laughing the whole time and just I was chatting shit basically. I just really enjoy chatting shit. Um and yeah like it was it was fun
0: to do. So and they're still on your Instagram so you can still see them, which is good. Um, How has it all changed you as a performer do you think going through this? Um I think it's encouraged versatility
1: mm-hmm. um, and coming up with fresh ideas. Um, I think that it's... I don't know, it's given me some more time to work on some new acts and things like that, um, but I think in the long run like I, I'm just itching to get back on stage really like yeah, digital drag it's it's great but it's weird like I did a show um where I was hosting uh like a live stream show and I couldn't see the audience at all like it wasn't even zoom thing all I could see was a little guy called Tom in the bottom left corner of my screen <laughs> who was on tech and Tom and I we we got real close actually through that process we never met in real life but we saw each other's faces a lot um, and it was weird because I couldn't see what was happening like I couldn't hear anyone I didn't know what was going on I just it was just like broadcasting out into the ether um and then like the next week I saw it had been reviewed in the Guardian I was like wow (laughs) actually it's probably a good thing I didn't know that going in so yeah wow how did that feel (laughs) I mean they said nice things so it felt good um and like I say I'm glad I didn't know beforehand or I wouldn't I would have been a hot mess
0: so that's interesting I I've sort of seen digital drag as like this incredible private world of this amazing entertainment going on I didn't know it'd been noticed by mainstream media yeah well mostly it hasn't but um, no (laughs) yeah um you've been venturing into TikTok as well what's that experience been like um, well I'm a millennial so I
1: held up for a long time like I've got a Gen Z housemate and I was just like this is just fine but like people doing stupid dances uh, and then I got on it and then within like a day the algorithms had me figured out like <laughs> I was getting all of the queer content, all of the um, dog content and bird content. Uh, and everything and a lot of drag content and I thought you know this would be quite fun I think I'm on TikTok as myself rather than as Bo but every so often he pops in because it's quite a fun
0: way to do a little reveal and you know hop on a trend. Yeah I've seen some of those reveals they're great I'm I'm glad your experience of it has been positive because I spoke to um, Baron LeVay in the last Mm. podcast and they had some a difficult relationship with it I think a bit Mm. of a difficult relationship with social media in general has it been kind to you this year by sort of exposing yourself to a whole new audience
1: yeah it's a double-edged sword really like um I I yeah I did find like as as Bo um it did really help me like Bimini on Boulash tagged me in her story like last week and I got 400 followers off the bat wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's insane the, I know
1: the power that yeah people don't even just literally tagging you in a story like the power that can have and when we say to you know queens or like white performers at a big platform, just like, you know, pass the mic or something. It can just be as simple as like a share or a tag or something, but um, there's that side of it. And there's also like the pressure to constantly produce content. Um, And there's also like on the more personal side of it, like you can get social media burnout from, Mm. uh, for example, like in the summer, like having to see all of the, you know, violence perpetrated against black bodies like every single day was, a lot like it was a lot and i definitely kind of burnt out from social media for a bit i have a i have a relationship with with it where i can't really give it up but yeah Yeah,
0: yes i recognize you know yeah do you take breaks from it sometimes or do you feel that you can't because you know bimini could be tagging you or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the thing i kind of envy um my friends
1: who purely exist on social media just for themselves because you can take a break from it whereas um I get a lot of bookings and opportunities coming in via my like Instagram DMs um, or and and things like that so you know if I take a break from it I might miss like a really cool opportunity or or something like that so um yes and also if I'm being honest with myself I'm kind of hooked so I think it would be kind of hard to to step away from it for a bit
0: It's so interesting you said that about Bimini because I'm so scathing about mainstream drag, but that's, Mm. I guess that's the positive thing about it that if someone does have the thought Mm. to promote other performers, then that does have quite a lot of power, I guess.
1: Yeah, and Bimini is like lovely. Like I I did one gig with her, like in the gap of filming um, for Drag Race UK, which I didn't realize at the time, um, you know that she was on it or that she was doing so well um, and yeah like I think to be honest that kind of came off a bit of pressure after the little mix video where there were uh, they decided to invent drag kinging yes uh, and have absolutely no drag kings involved in than the process uh, and yeah some amazing kings too and silver called it out quite a lot and I think yeah
0: that- we've got a lot of drag king love which is nice yeah which is good how did you cope with that little mix incident because because you're a king do you feel like you have to speak out on these issues
1: yeah like I think I'm a lot more vocal about my opinions on my personal kind of social media accounts and I sometimes purely see Bo as like He's, he's like a character and I kind of see it for work and for like promoting Beau's character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sometimes don't even think to sort of speak about these things um, on, on Bo's page, but I shared, you know, some of what you and Silver said because what they said was right on really, There's, there wasn't much to add to it. Um, and, you know, I said a little bit about, come on, let's keep supporting our Kings, not just this couple of days long love fest, like actually turn up to the gigs, you know, literally put your money where your mouth is you know because
0: you kings are amazing and they deserve to be seen in platforms do you think that um lockdown's been a good time for exposure for kings because i've seen them included in digital shows that they may not have perhaps been in previously Mm,
1: i think yes and no um I think it's given a lot like there have been a lot of new kings coming up who've had time to sort of play with ideas and makeup and concepts in their rooms and like lockdowns and stuff like that um I think just naturally even before lockdown there was a lot more pressure on promoters to like not just put out a lineup of all drag queens or you know even like all white performers or all sort of performers who assist men like that's not doesn't fly as often these days like people will, will see it and, and kind of you know I say to them okay so why what, what is happening here like why could you not find a single performer who was a king or mm-hmm. not a cis man or of color um and I think lockdown everybody was on their phones a lot more so noticing all these things they're calling it out a bit more so I think yeah it may well have led to more diversity because of that
0: you still got a long way to go yeah a long way um you've been involved in several projects highlighting performers of color like the don't rush challenge and the melanated kings and things unite how important was it for you to be involved in those during lockdown
1: it was lovely um yeah it was really nice just sort of um even just being in group chats with other um performers of color and kind of organizing everything there and it was definitely like a bit of fun when all there was to do, because uh, my day job I have had to basically mostly go into the office or through, even at the height of lockdowns, because I work in um, in mental health, and um, it was just literally like work and then home mm-hmm. <laughs> and Netflix maybe. So it was really nice actually to have these things to do with like these other kings and feel part of something and feel like you're still having like a virtual version of like the queer spaces and the queer spaces of color that I you know get so much nourishment from
0: in the real world um your instagram is just a treasure trove of historical fact and joy (laughs) um just like fashion learning about performers of color king history have you always seen your drag as a way to educate and inform people
1: yeah yeah absolutely um i'm a massive history nerd and um fashion nerd and i I think that it's so important, especially as people of color, especially as queer people to really know our history because there's a, people try to push a narrative that we popped out of the ground, you know, five years ago or that, you know, our history was lost or something. And I think it really is almost like a form of self care to sort of pay um, homage to the people who came before us and blaze trails. Um, and yeah, Bo was always supposed to sort of both Kind of a bit like the sanko for birds um, that you see in like West African imagery where the feet are planted forwards but you're kind of looking back and you're um, using the past to sort of inform the future and and criticize almost and hold the mirror up to the present.
0: This idea It's such a great way to engage again if you haven't explored your um, Instagram um, page yet just head over there because it's loads of like fantastic <laughs> stuff. Um, the fashion side of thing too but you're you're in Bo's loungewear as we speak
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah. where do you source all this stuff from is it vintage or is it just fine charity shop finds yeah so I've
1: got a lot of really good vintage shops near where I am and like pre-loved shops near where I am um, in southeast London and I just kind of yeah I just kind of go around and when I find things I'm lucky because a lot of the stuff fits me I don't know it's like magic it's meant for me you know um and so um I just I've just got really lucky with stuff I've found really and then I just inherited a bunch of um new drag stuff from the always really lovely Benjamin Butch who was moving and gave me like a bunch of stuff so yeah lovely (laughs)
0: let's talk about Bo then and when you started so you're relatively new Bose Bo's Relity 3. three. Yeah, that's exactly. incredible. Um, and your first performance is on YouTube? Oh God, is it? It's <laughs> on your channel. Oh,
1: wait, which one is that one? Um, King my, Oh, no, yeah, that's not my first one. My very, very first performance was the culmination of the Pex drag camp. Um, and it was in the basement at the Glory um, and it was just friends and family of the people who'd gone on the, on the sort of series of workshops. Uh, and yeah, Bo did not look as polished as he, as he might now. And I sang Louis Jordan's Is You Is Or Is You My Baby. Um, and yeah, so yeah, I've been performing a little bit before I did Kings of Clubs, like I'd already um, I think got through to the final of Man Up um, by that point but I think that was my first time at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern um, which I, is a space I love and I'm actually performing there tomorrow and I'm so excited to be yes. back.
0: Great so how did it all start for you? What, what Where did this come from? Where did Bo come from? Um, I
1: when I was starting to I think explore a bit deeper into my sexuality Um, because I kind of I hadn't been able to until I was sort of in my early 20s. Part of that was kind of just engaging more with queer culture and as soon as I found out what drag kings were I just had this huge pull like this just urge within myself I was just like I want to do that I want to be that like I don't know how I just I just want to do it so I started following pecs and then I found out about their workshops and then I went on those and um I met the most incredible people who also went to the workshops and made our own drag king collective the family jewels we're mm. still friends I was at one of those for dinner last night like um yeah we we're still really close we we'll still do like kind of group kind of high kind of high concept kind of shows together um but The idea for like Bo himself came from when I went to see Five Guys Named Mo at the Marble Arch Theatre with my sister and all of my white friends had told me to go, they were like, it's an all black cast. Uh, And I saw it and I hated it so much, (laughs) so much. It was like they took every single negative stereotype about black masculinity in one and they shoved it in and the audience was predominantly white and there was like one angry drunk black guy who was bad to his girlfriend and there were five sexless genial tap dancing black guys who had no personality other than to entertain and I'm just like oh no <laughs> no I need to just not but it's all music was from the 40s and the best moment of the show was when they did Izzy, Izzy or Izzy Ain't My Baby which then became the first song I ever performed in drag because everything stopped and it was the first moment you could actually see the heart of the performers come through and Mm. feel the significance of the music and 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 their history and that's
0: kind of what I wanted to capture with Bo. Was this an era that you were always interested in before anyway?
1: Um kind of yeah like always like old Hollywood stuff and you know old jazz music like Billie Holiday is my all-time favorite musician Mm. my sister's named after her um and And I was kind of more into the 20s, to be honest, but (laughs) I thought that um, Bo would, he fit better in the 40s, and that whole style and that aesthetic, and you know, I just saw like Cab Calloway, like videos of him performing, and I was like, I want a little bit of like a more chilled out version of that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Bo's definitely really chilled.
1: Yeah, so I think it's because I'm really chilled, I don't think the whole kind of crazy-eyed zoot suit is kind of (laughs) creeping across the stage I don't think I could pull that off with the same pizzazz.
0: (laughs) so you're a live singer obviously which kind of sets you apart from a lot of like typical drag performers has that been a help or a hindrance to you do you reckon to get recognized and get your name out there I think it's been a help because I think what I kind of tell a lot of Drag performers
1: who ask, like, who are kind of at the beginning of their journeys, who are just like asking for tips. A, I'm like, why are you coming to me? Like, I'm sure you've got amazing ideas of your own. But B, I'm like, take something that you already you already feel comfortable doing and like build on that. And that could be anything. That could be makeup or hula hooping or like you know comedy or whatever. Um, and for me, that was chatting shit uh, and <laughs> singing singing live. Um, and so that's kind of what people expect when they when they book me and people kind of know what they're going to get in that sense and I
0: that's what I love doing the most so yeah. Not chatting shit, this is like witty <laughs> smooth comedy <laughs> You do yourself no justice <laughs> If you if you
1: listen to like old recordings of Louis Armstrong or Fats Waller Like they chat shit yes. Yes. They're just like, I remember that <laughs> town now. Mabel's house Where was she? It was New Orleans in 1942 well, We went down to that basement there. it's like, what are you saying? Just-
0: but I love it, it's so atmospheric It just transports yeah. you to that era immediately Exactly, it's just, you know, high-end shit chatting Yeah you know. <laughs> so then let's talk about Daphne then. Daphne mm. von Huntington. Yeah. Uh, where did she spring from? So she's appeared quite a lot in your digital drag. You said mm. she's not somebody that you do as a character that often.
1: No, no, no. She actually um, predates Bo. Mm. Um, she's a character who I think has always kind of been within me, I think when I was 10 years old, my mom was like, why are you dressing like a white woman from the nineteen <laughs> from the 1920s <laughs> it's It was kind of, um, I, I always loved like that old, like the old Hollywood thing, like I always loved, yes, like, you know, Bo, Bill Bojangles Robinson and Dorothy Dandridge and Lena Horne and, and Kat Calloway, but I also really, really love like Marilyn Monroe and Mae West and um, Marlena Dietrich. Um, and so she kind of comes from that. She's that, um, she's the ridiculousness of like the the beautiful white woman who can get away with literally anything, like murdering several husbands. Like she kind of bats her eyelids and kind of like shrugs it off and everyone's just like, oh, she's so glamorous. Like, I think that's what I always wished I could be kind of growing up. I like wished I could have that much, um, you know, mystery and allure, and I never read it. Um, Who so does? <laughs> Nobody does, everybody's faking <laughs> it. Um, so yeah, she kind of was someone that I only ever did, like, I had a birthday party a few years ago where it was like a salon and it was Daphne's salon, and it was also like the funeral of her fifth husband. And so everybody came in black and then like Daphne was in like a white gown and like people just came up and performed whatever. Um, but yeah. Bringing her to digital drag was the first time I kind of introduced her to anyone that wasn't like a friend um, and yeah it's been fun I think I need to work more on my sort of femme makeup skills because I've got too comfortable doing like the, the bow look but uh, it's been really fun to sort of
0: bring her out. There's um, a great performance that's on your IGTV I think that's the both of you performing together what was that like making that and putting it together?
1: It's all right actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of fancy editing software. Um, so I kind of just had to use basic stuff. But um, yeah, it was it's just sort of the weird thing. I'm really bad with like knowing how things should be positioned and how things should look. I think it's because I have like, just my brain works interestingly, I don't know. But uh, it was just like trying to work out like, it was against like, the background I'm in front of now, the kind of silver glitter cut and I was just trying to think. So if I stand like, here and then I have to go and then take my makeup off and then put my makeup on again and then have like kind of the same lighting exactly and like stand here. And then if I stitch that together, well, that kind of is kind of head fucky. But um, it looked yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, like when I was filming it, I was like, this is not going to work. Um, and then it all came together in the end. So yeah.
0: What, what's it like getting into character for those two?
1: Mm. Um. Pretty... I think Bo's like putting on like a, you know, just one of those really nice kind of pairs of shoes that's like molded t- to your feet. Um, I can kind of slip into him. And then kind of having to get myself into like a, a Daphne mindset. Um, I don't know, I just, I think the process of putting on the makeup just while I'm doing that kind of helps switch from one to the other.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Do like, you have any pre-show rituals for Beau? Yeah, I always like to have a little
1: bit of whiskey. Of course. <laughs> um, of course. Of course. For real, though, I actually, I got into whiskey because of Beau. I didn't like it before I started <laughs> doing Beau. I used to have rum, dark rum and pretend. Delicious. Um, yeah, and then and then I was like, I actually should try this shit. I keep saying that I drink, and now I'm, now I'm into it. But um, there's that, and I just like to listen to music as well. Yeah. Um, kind of either old school kind of jazz or sometimes just like a lot of Anderson Pack. like he's someone who I really like Bo very inspired by um <clears throat> if Bo was like a modern guy he'd basically be Anderson Pack. so
0: nice. yeah <laughs> I, that. I enjoyed it in one of your it. Tips videos where you said you couldn't get any decent whiskey, and you yeah. literally just sat there with the old crappy stuff that whatever you was could find. Yeah, <laughs> was it, was ge- it looked like a genuine concern of yours. is. <laughs> I'm
1: telling you, I've just finished my good whiskey. I haven't got any more. And like, I've just got my housemate's Jack Daniels here. Literally, I'm just
0: like, it's not the same, is it? No, it's not the same.
1: It's just not going to cut it, honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would say for listeners, I'm, I'm chatting to you, and you're kind of on set, which is a really nice way to talk. You, you've got the fab curtain behind you and you all your drinks set up. So um it's very it's very glamorous. It's
1: it's a very cheap glitter curtain. <laughs> I love I want one. Well, yeah. I put oh, it up you know. for a party, and then me and my housemates are just like, just stay up. Like how you can tell you live in a queer house it's, the glitter curtain, it's always
0: yeah. up. <laughs> it's ideal, it's just ideal. Um, mm. I want to ask you about London and being part of the London scene. I've been I've yeah. talked to so many performers from all over the country and London's really come up as one of those places that people sort of feel sometimes a bit of pressure to conquer maybe, and might be a bit apprehensive of trying to get gigs down there and be and break into the scene. What's your experience been like? Um, I guess I'm so lucky that I live here, so
1: um, yeah, I guess sort of easier to get to places and not have to worry about thinking, factoring in travel and everything on top of getting the gigs. Um, <clears throat> but I think I always um I don't think I really ever set out to conquer anything or like to get anywhere like I think it very much started as a passion project um and I don't work enough to not have a full-time job like Mm. in the day and nor would I want to give up my full-time job in the day like I've had to turn down quite a few opportunities because it would clash with my day job which is also very very important to me there's only like three things in my life where I've looked at them and with absolute certainty it was like this is something I have to do. One of them was my day job social work um mm. in mental health. One of them was drag king and one of them was moving to LA. Uh, oh <laughs> so yeah, that's I don't know when that's gonna happen, but I've decided in my head that it's gonna happen.
0: I can see Bo in LA.
1: Oh, dear, uh, with, the, I mean, with the straw
0: hat and the linen yeah. suit yeah that needs to For even if it's just a holiday like go out there go crazy make the content when you're oh out there oh my god
1: oh the content oh, <laughs> just by the hollywood just leaning against it with a whiskey <laughs> um,
0: yeah one day <laughs> um so how did you start out then kind of building up your reputation and getting gigs
1: uh i kind of started with like open mic nights like kind of low paid stuff like you maybe get your travel covered if you're lucky mm. um, and then you know through that um, people see you and then uh, people book you and things like that but also man up was a real boost yeah tell um, me about that well it was it was really lovely to be able to meet so many kings and things and like work with them and everyone was so nice like the organizers are coming backstage at the final, like, why are you all being so nice to each other? This is a competition. And we were just like, why would we not be? Everyone here is so cool. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, like some some of the other capacitors like I'm really good friends with, like still to this day, like Prince Silver, who I adore. Um, and yeah, it was a really nice process. Um, I would like to see next time with Man Up, I'd like to see on the judging panel for the final, a drag king. Um, Was there not? No no and I think that's something I think would would be great to see Um, but you know there's next time and for them to implement that Um, but yeah apart from that I had a really good experience.
0: Are you competitive with your drag? I don't know like I
1: think with Kings, like because there are fewer of us and because we, are, we do hype each other up and try and give each other opportunities and support each other, there's less of the competitive feeling in the community in general. I'm a really competitive person mm-hmm. in myself, which is something like, you don't want to play Scrabble with me. I am a monster, <laughs> especially Monopoly. Jesus, the capitalist in me really jumps out and there's not much of a capitalist in me. There was almost no capitalist in me, but the little nugget of it just, becomes an asshole that's terrifying um, yeah (laughs) but I think with drag it's quite hard especially with kings it's quite hard to compare yourself to anybody else because everyone's style and kind of who they appeal to is so unique um yeah there's always a little bit of professional jealousy a little bit of oh they're doing that and I've never been booked by them and why am I not booked by them kind of stuff but then you just realize well you're not going to be everybody's you know glass of whiskey so um,
0: yeah I've I chatted King friends quite a lot recently about um, like King community and how it is supportive and that's quite an interesting theory that it's probably tougher for you all but also it's a smaller community so it does seem pr- pretty supportive kind mm. of pro- across the globe even with lockdown yeah. and and different people performing in other digital shows and stuff like that across the pond so it's sure. it quite a positive place
1: yeah that's what I have to record tonight actually. Yeah. <laughs> helping to judge an American YouTube drag king competition so
0: oh how exciting yeah. have you done judging before
1: um I did the first season of the same show that's on YouTube so what was that so we can go and watch it yeah it's called drag me king Great. um yeah and it that was really fun to do but um I think because I do an American accent for bow, I don't know if they know that I'm from London.
0: <laughs> Maybe just, <laughs> just put the American accent on from the get-go, just in case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I will when I'm in full bow mode. <laughs> what are you looking for in a good performance?
1: Um, confidence goes a long way. Yeah. Like That can just sell anything, really. Um, and... I really like that. It's not really what I do, but I love to see just something weird and silly and surprising. Like, yeah, just anything like that. Um, yeah. Like one of my favorite kings is Richard the III because, oh my God, it's just like, it's masterful, like how they can say so little, but just, portray so much and just the ideas and just skill and like the just physical
0: comedy is just
1: and silliness of it as well it's just incredible
0: I think the stuff I've seen over lockdown I bang on about this all the time in the podcast anyway it's just been so important to have that um, and have that escape um, yeah. in drag and yeah the, the silliness the craziness of seeing uh, the political stuff has been so important but also just to see how people make things out of stuff they found around their houses and turned yeah. it into art has just been phenomenal mm-hmm. who else do you enjoy watching oh it's too many it's too many um I have to say um I
1: have to say Chio obviously yeah. um just the most electric performer and just really hot too. That's just I mean, you know, one person's opinion. Well I mean it's every it's every person's opinion. Everybody thinks cheers hot moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> also like yeah Silver, Prince Silver, my buddy Silver, Wesley Dykes is just incredible. Like they do this, um he does this kind of mashup of classic man by Judena and some of his own like spoken word stuff. And I'm just like ah you're amazing um but there's so many in denial yeah. just with the silly 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 shit that I just live for like it's so good um Romeo de la Cruz just for the moves and the power and the passion
0: um god yeah I, I could just I, I could just keep going honestly I'll have to stop there <laughs> I know there's just there's this is an incredible endless list and I think we're reaching like the real golden age at the moment where there's so many new kings as well there's so many great established kings but so many new kings as well mm. um and I guess it's just trying to make sure everyone
1: tells anyone
0: they know about kings and make sure, sure that they get involved and get put on bills and stuff when um, mm. now that things are being booked and shows are going on um, absolutely so what have you got next what's coming up for you live wise that you're excited about ah oh, too much yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to be back performing on a
1: stage again I just said yes to everything and I'm I'm now starting to say no to things because like I'm looking at my calendar and like you know on an iPhone calendar when you have like a little dot under a date when there's something on like
0: they all have dots (laughs) yeah too many dots (laughs) too many dots Um, I'm so glad to talk to you now before all that happens you're, you're really gonna have to take care of your voice as well to prepare for all of that yeah yeah I,
1: yeah <laughs> maybe I, I should be yeah um you know in theory yeah um <laughs> but I've not lost my voice since I've been doing drag yet. Okay. touching all the wood um yeah I think I'll just have to be sensible and like get my rest as well but yeah I'm doing kings of clubs with Frankie Sinatra tomorrow. Oh, um, fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to Birmingham for the first time so in June. I'm so excited to go to other cities. Um, I'm doing like my first wedding coming up in, in like August. Um, yeah, just all these little things like that. Oh, performing with a live band. Like that is the dream. It's the um, it. Robin and Margaret Presents show. I'm doing one of my new numbers I came up with in lo- lockdown. I'm really, 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 really excited to do. Um, it's a 40s version of uh, Montero by Lil Nas X. Oh, great. Um, with a life band.
0: <laughs> great. Oh, so
1: excited.
0: Oh, it's gonna be perfect. Um, now, as far as I'm aware, you don't have any merch currently, is that right? Yeah, I've just
1: never thought to. Really. I was gonna say,
0: talk to me about that. I'm drag merch obsessed. So if Bo had merch, what ideally would you have? I'm thinking a whiskey tumbler. Yeah, yeah, a whiskey tumbler or like a bow
1: tie. Oh yes,
0: of course. Or a
1: bow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or a um. I mean, I've run out of things. i run out of things. Um, it'd be yeah, like maybe like a little pin with like a bow and then a tie a pin.
0: Yeah, or something I, you need a pin.
1: Yeah, like a pin. Um, That's a I don't see Bo doing t-shirts, that so just doesn't seem
0: No, it's too casual. Yeah, I mean
1: it would be one of those tuxedo t-shirts. Mm. <laughs> That's Maybe. More casual. No, 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 no.
0: They wouldn't say our well. <laughs> like, pocket squares? Yes. Like, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I want
1: to see oh. that. <laughs> that needs to happen. That It'll be something happen. left field, you know.
0: <laughs> something nobody else has. Um it's been a dream chatting to you thank you so you much i um, um, really pleasure. appreciated your time and i can't wait to finally get down to london and and, and see you perform live um, where can we find you back in digital land i'm mostly on instagram um
1: so you can follow me on instagram not in real life or i'll get scared um and <laughs> yeah I think that's the place I'll be the most um as I've said I'm addicted I've got a Facebook page for Bo but I'm literally never on it so yeah um yeah so there we go at Bo Jungles
0: Drag fab well thanks so much and um yeah enjoy your summer of performances I hope it's fantastic for you thank you I hope I also get to sleep (laughs) yes and that too (laughs) Hi again, it's Carly. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you want to find out more or get in touch, head over to teawithkingsandqueens.com.